0: Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Job, chapter 38, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the word of God. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. And he said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words but without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footing set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the heavens? When I made the cloud and its garments and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and its bars in place? When I said, thus far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You probably know the story of Job. Job's life was pretty awesome, and Job was extremely faithful. He was a super Christian. But then the devil told God, listen, the only reason Job is faithful is because you gave him such an awesome life. If you take that stuff away, he will curse you out. And Evidently, that challenge just got under God's skin. Because God takes the challenge and lets the devil ruin Job's life. And the devil does. I mean, thoroughly ruins Job's life. It starts off with this invading army coming in and burning all his crops and his house falls down on his family and he loses everything and he gets extremely sick. What's crazy is that as all of these things happen, as the horrific events mount, go Oh, woo. Job never rejects God. His friends start coming at him and they lecture him for days saying things like, listen Job, God doesn't ruin people's lives for no reason. This is your fault. You did something. Think back. This is your fault. What did you do to make God do this? And they keep heaping all this blame on top of him until Job just boils over and he snaps back, I didn't do anything wrong. This is all on God. God is doing this to me for no reason. I fed the poor. I cared for the orphan. I was faithful to my wife. I gave counsel to the young. I was faithful to God. And now God is being unfaithful to me. God is being unfair. God is ruining my life and He's got some explaining to do. I'll be here waiting. But through it all, Job never really doubts God. He never doubts that God is real. He never says, my life has been so hard lately. I just wonder if God is even there. Job never doubts God's reality. And often we think about doubt as one of the biggest dangers in our faith, that we will doubt whether God is there. But in the Bible, people wonder if God is there all the time. In the Psalms, it says again and again, God, where are you? God, I don't see you. God, where are you? Doubt can be hard. But in the Bible it's okay. You can doubt and you aren't in trouble. Doubt isn't what gets Job in trouble. More often than not, it's not what gets us in trouble either. After Job's friends push him over the edge and after Job defends himself, God decides to speak. And there's this other story in the Bible where a storm comes and then this raging fire and then an earthquake, but God doesn't speak in any of those. He speaks in the still, calm silence. And it's beautiful and it's tranquil and it's not this story. In this one, God whips up a storm, as Larry Stiles taught me, a toad strangler. Dark gray clouds rush in on the heels of a swirling wind and lightning is cracking across the sky. And in the middle of this downpour where the rain is whipping like needles, in the middle of this storm, God speaks. I saw this video on YouTube. And it's in it looks like it's in a middle school. And this little kid is pushing on this bigger kid. Pushing him and poking him. And you can see he's running his mouth. And this crowd is forming around him. And the little kid is working the crowd. And the bigger kid is backing away. And you can see his shoulders are down and his head's down. You can see he's scared. And then the little kid gives him a push into a locker. And that was it. Something inside that bigger kid snapped. And his head comes up and he stands up straight. And you see the little kid's face when he realizes that he's been bullying someone who weighs an extra 50 pounds, and has 18 inches on him. That's this moment in Job. Job's been pushing on God. He's been poking Him, and God's been fine with it. He doesn't mind Job's complaints. He doesn't mind Job doubting. But then God is called faithless. And that was a step too far. And God says, brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. And when I read this passage, I decided, if God ever says to you, brace yourself like a man, you're in trouble. (laughs) And God says, now here I am. You asked for me, here I am. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Stop me if you get confused, Job. Who marked off the dimensions of the universe? What were you doing then? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a frustrating reply because it doesn't feel like an answer to Job's question. feels like the kid who says, why do I have to make my bed? And the parent says, because I said so. Job says, where were you? And God says, don't you know I made the universe? It's a frustrating reply. But notice what God says first. Who is this that obscures my plans with words, but without knowledge? Who is this that obscures my plans with words, but without knowledge? Here's the thing. God wants to use your life to write part of his story. And Job didn't like that. Job was trying to use God to write Job's story. I'll take care of the poor so God will bless me, and I'll support the orphan so that God will bless me, and I'll do the right thing so that I'll get the right thing. Job is trying to use God to write Job's story. Job is treating God like a character in a movie about Job where Job is the hero, and God done messed up, so God has some explaining to do. That was my attempt at Southern. <laughs> we need to be honest with ourselves about this temptation, because the technology we live with has only made this temptation easier. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram allow us to turn the world into an opportunity to tell our story. To show how amazing we are. So you've seen this happen. A tragedy occurs somewhere. And we hop on social media to express our condolences or our indignation. But there's a fine line between posting because you're standing in solidarity with those who were affected. And posting to show the world how wonderful and caring you are. And we have to ask, are we moved because of their hurt? Or is their hurt a tool to show our compassion? There's a fine line between posting pictures of your kid because they're your biggest blessing and you want to share them with the world and posting pictures of your kid to show the world you're amazing because you have an amazing family. That's the insidious part of social media is it can turn the whole world into an accessory. Have you ever seen someone taking one of those pictures, perfectly posed with the family, everything just right, and then they ignore each other for 20 minutes as they upload it and check the reviews? Or the person who is outraged and furious and embarrassed about some public figure, but then they spin around and they're acting the same way? This temptation is worse than ever just because it's easier. You can say something about someone, you can post it, and you never have to see them. You never have to talk with them. You don't have to see the hurt on their face. You don't have to deal with what it does to their life. This temptation is easier than ever. And like Job, we do this with God too. We can pose with God Pause for a picture, stop in to pray, drop in when we need a blessing, but God is an accessory. He's an extra character in a story about us. So, from that perspective, listen to God's reply Where were you when I stretched out the heavens? Do you know the size of the universe? Could you have carved out the oceans or hung the stars in the sky? God steps up and says, I'm not a character in the story of your life. I didn't mess up because things didn't go your way. My plan is bigger. My scope is larger. You are a part of my story. I'm not leaving you behind. I'm not ignoring you. But we have to understand the order. We are a part of God's story. The story of Job invites us into a moment of self-reflection. And for me, this week, writing this sermon, it was a painful moment. We live in a time where the perpetual temptation is to turn our lives into a movie about us, and the rest of the world is just extra characters. Last week, Micah and I drove by an accident, and it had caused a traffic jam. And the whole time I'm thinking, I can't believe this. This is so inconvenient. Do they not know that I'm running late? And I kept getting more and more frustrated with every minute, and then we got to the accident, and it was bad. And in that moment, I remembered, this has nothing to do with me. For someone, this changed their life. But for me, I turned it about me that fast. Last week, uh, Micah had a frustrating day, and when she came and was talking to me about it, I was thinking, I am so tired already, I can't be dealing with your mess right now. Has anyone ever been there before? Just me. It was that easy. Everything that happened to her had nothing to do with me. She didn't choose to have a bad day. But I made everything that went on in her day somehow about me. And it's that easy and it's that fast. The first thing to realize about living this way is it will ruin your life. We aren't made to live like that. You will end up bitter and you'll end up unable to love. Others, other people's tragedies will all become about our inconvenience. And other people's success, it won't be because they worked harder. It's because people don't understand how great I am. We deserved it more and everything becomes personal. And that will ruin your life. But more importantly, it's just not true. Most of what happens in the world is not about you and it's not about me. This world is God's story. And being a Christian doesn't just mean knowing that God is real. It means knowing that we are a part of God's story. It doesn't just mean letting God have a place in our story. It means letting God write our story. So here's the simple truth God wants to use our lives to write a part of His story. We can complain about the truth, we can doubt God's presence, we can wonder about the future, and all of that is allowed. But in the end, we have to remember that we are characters in God's story. And if you won't acknowledge that truth, you better brace yourself like a man. Because life will come at you like a storm and there will be nowhere to hide. But if you acknowledge that all your life is a part of God's story, you will find peace and joy from the God who laid the foundations of the earth. And that is good news. Will you pray with me? Lord God, this morning we acknowledge our temptation to treat everything as being about us, to turn the people we're called to love into accessories in our story. And above all, we acknowledge the way we do that to you, following you when it's convenient and ignoring you when it's not. But this morning we acknowledge that this is your story and we ask that you give us the courage and the faith to make it all about you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.